When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, y'all, and welcome to Jackalope Tales, Urban Legends and Music, where we uncover, is it real or is it a jackalope tale? I'm your host, Charles Mooney. And I'm Lisa Umbarger. And also with us today are our production crew, Jenny, Jeannie, Natalie, and on the board, Sir Mix-a-Lot Impressionist, Sam. Oh, God. <laughs> How did you know? Baby got back. <laughs> L.A. face and an Oakland booty. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about some musicians who started their careers in cover bands or impersonating well-known artists. Yeah. So this is kind of the origin Right. Episode of some of these artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have Panic at the Disco. Yes. Harry Styles. Uh-huh. And everyone's favorite, oh, Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll. Yeah. And uh. as I was preparing for this episode, I started thinking about some of the really amazing covers. And some are even better than the original. Right. To me, that shows how great a cover is. Right. As if it surpasses what the original was. Right. And the first one that popped up in my head was uh, Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You. Mm-hmm. When I first heard that song, I was like, what the heck? Yeah. This beautiful stripped down version of that Prince song. But, you know, the Prince version is stri- pretty stripped down too, but hers is just freaking just naked. Oh. It's beautiful. Oh, and I know, and I remember the video that went along with it, just that zoom in right on her face. Yeah. That was crazy. It was really good. I don't know, though. How would you feel, though, when your biggest song you've ever done is a cover? Hmm. That would would not be cool. I know. I mean, but I don't know. I mean, it's one of those backhanded compliments. Right. Because it's like, yeah, that's amazing, but it's not your song. Yeah, I think there were quite a few people, though, where their biggest songs were covers. Yeah, and see, you asked me to be thinking of some of my favorite covers. Yeah. And I made a list because it's like, oh, my God, yeah. So I know we talked about uh, Husker Du's Love is All Around. Yeah. Taking the Mary Tyler Moore theme song. Yes. Fuck. Uh, got Dead Kennedys in Viva Las Vegas. Oh, yes. I <laughs> forgot about that one. It's brilliant. Yep. Uh, Clash's I Fought the Law. Yep. Devo's Can't Get No Satisfaction. Oh, my God. Yeah. They made I mean, that one way better. Oh, my God. That one just took it to a whole nother level. And uh, then I also got uh, Urge Overkill's Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Right. I mean, every time I hear that or think of that song, Pulp Fiction comes into mind. And I love them both. Right. And it's just like, oh. But you know what really surprised me? Because I didn't know for a long time this was a cover song. But Talking Heads, Take Me to the River. I knew that was a cover song. It was an Al Green song. Yeah, it was an Al Green song because... I was the soul kid, so I I love. Yes, you I were, love weren't Reverend you? Al. Yeah, but I I like the Talking Heads. And version. see, I always thought yeah. that was the Talking Heads song, but they just ah. made it their own. Yep. So hey, this is random. Um, did you know that Natalie and Bruglia's "Torn" is a cover? 
No. Yeah, there's a 90s band called Edna Swap, and it was kind of like a alternative rock song. It was really slow. Really? pop, yeah. Okay, now I want to check it out. See? It's, and it's the coolest whenever they do a cover and they make it their own by the way they perform it or the right. way they sing it. Right. It's like you're not just up there just doing the exact same thing. Right. You're kind of making it your own. Right. Like I was thinking about Jeff Buckley doing um, Hallelujah because mm. I love Leonard Cohen's version. Yeah. But Jeff Buckley doing it is just beautiful. Oh. Um, just like heart-wrenching. And then uh, Johnny Cash doing Hurt. Oh, the Nine Inch Nails song, yeah, just ugh, so gritty and just, and, mm. and when he was so old, and yeah. it's like, oh god, that was so perfect. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have a favorite cover song in the production? Um, what's the guy from Green Day? Billy Joe. Oh, you can't. None of Armstrong. those are good. Yeah, uh-huh. none of those yeah. Billy are good. Joe Armstrong. He covers "Working Working Class Hero" by your favorite John Lennon, The Beatles. Yeah. It's a good song, mm. a so good song and he does great. a good job with it because. Two great, horrible sounds that will sound horrible together. <laughs> <laughs> but don't, don't two wrongs make a right, though. Uh, yeah. There was a thrash band. It was like a super group. I think it was called SOD. I think Scott Ian, somebody was in it. Stormtroopers of Death. Yeah. Yes. And they covered Purple Haze. And oh. it comes in playing the, the oh, ow, ow, ow. Oh, and wow. they say, you're dead. Oh. And the song's over. Oh, it's my favorite. Cover. <laughs> Anthrax did that. Yes, um, they did the rap. Um, well, they Public did that, Enemy. Yeah, and they what? did Time Ticking in My Head. Yes. That uh, Joe Jackson song. Oh my God! Got the time, 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 time ticking in my See, head. I don't Same. go as hard as you guys, but I do like um, Saint Paul and the Broken Bones. With Lizzo, did a change is gonna come, and that's Ooh. really good. Uh-huh. I like Saint Paul. And then Shovels and Rope does um, Death or Glory, and I love that one. Hmm. See, I'll have to hear those. Ike and Tina Turner doing Proud Mary. Oh. The Credence song. And just totally made it better. Oh, God. It was already a great song, and then it was just like, no one else should ever play that song again. It's great when you embarrass the original artist. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. no, you take the song now. Yeah. And then there was that one band, I don't know if you remember them, but they were on Touch and Go, and they were Killdozer. Yep, I remember Killdozer. And they did Cinnamon Girl. Oh. <gasps> And, I don't remember that version. Oh, my God. I mean, because all their songs were so slow and sludgy, and they did Cinnamon Girl, and it was yeah. just like, oh, my God. So The Neil Young going in there. Oh. See, we covered so many genres in that topic. So many. There's yeah. so many good cover songs, man. Yeah. There really are, and I didn't realize it until I was thinking. And the, no, But there's the really right. horrible ones, too, like Tiffany. Oh. I think we're alone now. Do you oh, remember that? That's a cover. It's a huge hit. Yeah. Yes. That's not hers. Oh God. Yeah, I think we're alone now is is an old song, and she covered that. And then oh. uh, one of the other ones that, and this is probably controversial, but Joan Jett doing Crimson and Clover. Uh, I hate her version of it. Yeah. No, no. Don't do that. I'm with you. Yeah. So, yeah. You got someone on your side here. Okay. Good. Thank you, Perfect. Charles. <laughs> I always can depend on you. So let's see. So we are talking about bands that were cover bands or did cover songs at one point in their career. And the first one we're talking about is Panic at the Disco. God. Mm. I just, uh. <laughs> Right. So, okay. My let's... stepdaughter loves this band. And you know when you're a parent and mm-hmm. you have to go to a concert just because the kid wants to oh shit did you go to a panic at the disco show yes 
Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, and then my stepdaughter jokes with me because half the time I was playing Royal Crush on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're just like Papa taking. <laughs> I know. All these kids are excited and I'm there playing Royal Crush or whatever. It's <laughs> one of those games on there. <laughs> so, yes, we did end up going. And uh, this is about Panic at the Disco, back when they probably were, like, seniors in high school. Okay. So they were all, like, schoolmates, and they started to be a Blink-182 cover band. Oh, Lord. Isn't it sad? Because Blink-182 seems so recent. Yeah. And then <laughs> for these kids to have been using them as a cover band... Right. I'm like, weren't they around at the same time? But that's See, that's what I thought, too. So it's like... I know. I looked at uh, the Blink-182's big album came out when, like, Panic! at the Disco Kids were, like, 12 and 13 years old. What? Really? I know. Mindfuck. Yeah, the Panic started when they were seniors in high school in Las Vegas, and they would entertain their friends with energetic performances of Blink-182 songs. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds boring, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> so one evening, uh, Panic at the Disco, they had found out that Blink-182 was coming to Las Vegas for a concert. Ooh. So, of course, you know, when you're the band you love, because I think I even read where some of the members of Panic used Blink-182 in their email address oh, and all God. this stuff. Talk about we just, just wrote the sticks. Remember, we would write that S on our our book covers of our books. Yeah, they don't even have books at school anymore. No, they don't even get to do that. Oh God, that's so sad. I we know. didn't have emails then either. Yeah, no lockers even. So <laughs> I know where to put books or anything. These kids are spoiled. But yeah, so Panic was all excited and starstruck, and they decided to surprise their local fans. By performing their infamous Blink-182 set at the school auditorium right before Blink-182 was going to be playing the next day or two. Doesn't it sound great? What's a Blink-182 Blink song? Do you know any? Uh, let's see. All the small things. Oh, yeah. That's the only okay, one. Okay, that was. Yeah. yeah, that's one. But that was only due to research. <laughs> that was um, <laughs> Say so. it ain't so. Yes, there you go. go. Okay, there now I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're on the same page. Yep. Yeah. I don't like that page. Let's turn it. <laughs> turn the page. Uh, as the night progressed of this show that they were doing for their friends, well, a comical mishap happened backstage. Mm. So Panic at the Disco, they had these costumes that they loved to wear for the show. Of course, what was it, like uh, Teletubbies? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They didn't go into detail about what kind of costumes I'm they tinky were. I'm Winky. Oh, my God. <laughs> Each one a different color. Oh, <laughs> that would be great. So... Of course, they have their costumes. They don't arrive in their costumes. They're going to change into them later. But uh, guitarist Ryan Ross, mm -hmm. he was one of the co-founders. He was kind of fearful that he, someone might take their costumes. Is he related to Rick Ross? <laughs> we'll have to find out. We should explore that later. I know. <laughs> That's another time. Yeah, this isn't a. This is about covers. <laughs> so anyway. Finds a storage closet mm -hmm. and puts their costumes there. It's kind of like attached to the green room. Mm -hmm. Closes the door. 
And like many other closets in an auditorium, no one has the key for it. Mm. Probably the end uh, the night crew, they have the key, but they're oh. not around. So... No so co- many closet jokes coming <laughs> in right now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, this one didn't come out of the closet <laughs> because they didn't have a key, so their costumes are locked in. So drummer Spencer Smith mm-hmm. of Panic, he came up with this idea because Blink-182's video had come out for all the small things. And if you haven't seen the video before, there's... Uh, few moments interspersed in the video where Blink-182 is naked. Oh, that's all the small things. Yes. (laughs) They're showing us all of them. Yes. All the small things. They're pixelated in the video. Uh, Is it very small pixels? Yes. It's like one (laughs) one dot. (laughs) But anyway, they're naked on the beach. And so the members of Panic... They decide, well, we love Blink-182 so much, we don't have our costumes, we're going to perform naked. That was a good <laughs> good choice? Make good choices? I mean, like, uh, they okay. were influenced. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, so the band played the show with all of their custard launchers hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I guess, and uh, it was one of those evening things where I guess they put it on, and, uh, well, word got back to the principal, because, of course, you know, whenever you're on school property... Oh, this was at a school? Yes. This was at the auditorium at the school. It was, like, after hours kind of thing. That's why no one had a key to this storage closet. But, uh, word got back to the principal of the high school, and members of Panic were expelled from school. It should have been. Yeah, when you start (laughs) showing your baloney ponies out, it's like, (laughs) yeah, you've kind of crossed a line there. Anyway, they were expelled. The parents and uh, the band members tried to do everything they could to get them back into school. Well, to get back into school reinstated, the band vowed never to play another Blink-182 song again, apologized for everything they had done, and as a result, they started writing their own shitty tunes. Oh. Yeah. Which, so we have Blink-182 or that principal to blame for Panic at the for, Disco. For giving us Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. as, uh, if it weren't for my stepdaughter, I wouldn't know this, but they have disbanded. Oh. They are no more. So. Yeah. So, so I, are they doing solo careers or something? Do you know? No. No. Well, it was one of those things where... The lead singer, mm-hmm. see, I know the name, Brendan Urie, he had a kid, and it was where he had become Panic at the Disco because everyone, all the other original members had left. Sounds familiar. But he still uses, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Toadies? Uh. So he kept the name Panic at the Disco, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So now I guess it's family time for him. So he is stopping music and just going to be a dad, which I guess is a blessing in disguise. Fam at the disco. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. So (laughs) that's how they got started on writing their own stuff. Uh, Uh, I I just, I'm... The fun of youth. Now, you do remember, though, when the Toadies first started playing, I would just wear my boxers up on stage. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, 
because I don't know why I did it. It was just kind of stupid. But... I think we all wore your boxers on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I was heavier then. <laughs> so we no, you just all gave fit. us each one. <laughs> you, gave us Angela. you handed them out backstage. You're like, here's your boxers. Yeah. And, his. Yeah, and, and I, we all got boxers. I can't even say why I did it, but it was just kind of like, I mean, and they weren't tidy whities or biker short kind. They were just baggy. Regular old school. Bag, baggy old man boxers. I didn't go all the way like they did, but I just went the underwear route. I forgot that you used to do that. I know. <laughs> we, that was okay. like maybe four shows, and then it was like, okay, time to put my pants back on. Or not. <laughs> I, I guess, So I guess we all can get away with our poor choices. Yes, I know. Speaking of poor choices, I've got the Harry Styles origin story. Oh, Everyone, bad choices all over this story. All over. Oh, no. So uh, Harry Styles grew up in a small village in England yeah. called Holmes Chapel, and he loved music. But more importantly, he loved Michael Jackson <laughs> okay. a lot. Okay. Like, who who did it I mean, then, Michael though, right? Jackson was everywhere. Right. There. And if you're a singer, I think... It's easy to gravitate to him because he was such a great sure. um, artist. Yeah. So little Harry love <laughs> little Harry <laughs> <laughs> love love Michael Jackson. Yeah. And he loved him so much, so he started dressing up and performing at local talent shows and area events like county fairs and stuff. Uh, now I so, guess we're talking when Harry's this little kid. He's right? little kid. And this is way before One Direction or, okay, or yeah, yeah, the Harry Styles fashion icon. Yeah, it'd now. be bad if this were his side he project was doing this during now. One Direction. <laughs> imagine, can you imagine if he did this now? Like he showed up and played arenas, and he's like, "I'm gonna go play by the stage next to the prize pig, and I'm gonna do my Michael Jackson thing." <laughs> Except he would have an English accent and say that, and I can't have an English accent. Like, like, I could tell you were foreign though. <laughs> he was like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Pip chip cheerio." Pip, pip, <laughs> well, spot tea and uh, spot of tea for yeah, my little know. pig. Yeah, such a horrible British accent. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so he was also the lead singer of a band that he started in school called White Eskimo. White Eskimo only played songs about winter and yeah. like snow and being cold. Um, the band was very limited in, by its name. Which was very offensive. It's offensive to me. White Eskimo. I mean, mm, yeah, it's a little. It's already pushing. Yeah, the boundary. so it's like, oh, dude, you, your yeah. parents just schooled you better with what? this. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, the limitations of it were kind of boring for him. So he started focusing more on his little Michael Jackson performances. Go with <laughs> what you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so his performances were so well received that his mom started taking him uh, to nearby Manchester to busk at Piccadilly Gardens, which Ooh. is a tourist trap. You know, it's okay. a bunch of shops and crap. Oh, yeah. And um, he had a backing track that he played through a small speaker while he moonwalked and crooned his way into the hearts of tourists. It's wow. so beautiful. This is like New Orleans when you go down there and everyone's, like, performing. Right, except they're drinking right tea there. and it's foggy. <laughs> yeah, and they that's have, so different from New Orleans. And their teeth are worse. Um, <laughs> So many reported the best part of his show was when he would throw off the bedazzled white glove and sing Michael Jackson's Ben a cappella. Oh my! Remember God. that song about the rat? 
Oh, yeah. So he had props and everything. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. he was totally dressed up like Michael Jackson. Oh, my like God. Like the glove and the whole yes. red jacket and stuff. <laughs> um, I saw pictures. It's so crazy. Oh, God. And he would, like, curl his hair. No. Even because, you know, he has that, like, yeah, full just, watch. Yeah. But he would curl it a little bit. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Oh, wow. Men and women would openly weep while he sang the song <laughs> about that rat. And... uh there's got to be video of this because you know that some unsuspected oh. tourist filmed this. Oh, my and God. And I looked all over the internet. I was like, please, God, can we get video <sighs> of this? I saw pictures, still pictures. Yeah. But I want a video. Oh. There's got to be one. God, you would think so. <laughs> <sighs> but he would sometimes sing Ben twice in the set because people <laughs> loved it so much. <laughs> Which, again, is like... Oh, oh that, an encore of Ben. Uh, so yep. cringy. Oh. Um, he ate her. He he ate her. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> he later added "Rock with You" and sang while he roller skated <laughs> into the crowd while holding out a hat to collect tips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Michael Jackson yeah. hat, the black oh, one. Yeah. You. yeah. He was like, got this little hat, and he was like, I wonder if he did like the little tricks like Billie Jean where he like flipped the oh hat down God. his arm oh! and stuff. That would I would have cool. tipped him for that. I totally yeah. would have. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how Michael Jackson did that. Yeah, here are a couple pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so... It was during one of these performances that a producer from The X Factor put his card into the hat. So Harry made it onto The X Factor, <laughs> but he strayed from his musical origins. Okay. And, uh, you know, everything that he, that he did to get him there, he strayed from it. Oh. And he performed a Stevie Wonder song during his audition. Oh, I like Stevie Wonder. I love Stevie yeah. Wonder. Yeah. So he didn't move forward as a solo, solo artist on The X Factor, mm -hmm. but instead the judges put him together with other solo artists who failed uh -huh. to get through the auditions. Yeah. And the judges on The X Factor actually made One Direction. Did you know that? No. Yeah. So All failed members <laughs> ended yeah. up being made so into a band. One Direction was failures. And, oh, wow. Yeah, everyone who was booted off, they're going, let's put all these cute boys together. Wow. Yeah. No idea. So they started off as a failure, and they really, So they should be called failed direction. Right. So they started as a failure. They kind of ended as a failure. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, Lewis Tomlinson, who is one of the other One Direction members, also started as a Michael Jackson impersonator. No. We had two of them? Two Michael Jackson impersonators. <laughs> In One Direction. <laughs> Is that crazy? Wow. I can't even believe that. So That's... do you know a Michael uh, do you know a One Direction song? I know you know Michael Jackson songs. Do you no. know a One Direction song? I don't. I know that Sam does. He's a huge fan. I've heard him talk about that. That tattoo he has. Mm -hmm. There's just so many I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that one direction tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one arrow. Or it's an arrow pointing <laughs> down on his abdomen. <laughs> oh, go oh. to the Harry Styles. <laughs> it just says Harry with an arrow. The Harry Stall. <laughs> Sam cannot have a tattoo that says Harry. <laughs> For those that are listening, he is fully bald on top. Yeah, but it can be hairy like, other places. You don't know. <laughs> fair. Fair. We don't have that kind of working relationship. You don't know him. <laughs> you, you don't know me. 
Oh, God. What, what's the next jackalope tale? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moving right along. We're moving it to Jelly Roll. Again, I know. heavy sigh. I mean, come on. You listened to him before we got to the podcast. I listened to him while we were here. So here's my review. <laughs> He's listened to a lot of Macklemore because he went from oh, like country God. to rap, but he's like Macklemore for hayseeds. <laughs> Isn't that right? See, I have never listened to a Jelly Roll song, but in my head, I want him to be like 90s hip hop because when I hear his name, all I think of is one, two, three, uh, four, let me see you Jelly Roll instead of Tootsie Roll. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how it is in my let head. So that's jelly the kind roll. of music I want him jelly to make. Roll. I think I punched four songs to listen to. I didn't really hear much rap at all, and it sounded like country nickelback. I think that's how it came across to it's me. It's vomitous. Oh, it really was. Well, I'm still going to talk about him. Okay, let's so, do it. Yes, he's an, uh, considered an American rapper country singer. Whenever you mix those two, I'm already out. Done. Mm-mm. So, but don't leave it to the masses Charles, I want to see you save. I want to see you so badly sing along to "Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy." <laughs> <laughs> like I picture it in my mind that that's like secretly one of your favorite songs and then oh. in the car. Just, like, yeah, just we'll save out. it for the YouTube channel. That's it. That's perfect. Uh, that's, have you but, even heard that song? I don't know if I have. Oh, now that 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 can we can put that on YouTube. You listening to it for the first time? Okay. Who sings it? Dude, I don't know, little big <laughs> hair or something. <laughs> <laughs> little big hair. We're going back to hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> little big hair. <laughs> 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 broke Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I broke Charles. <laughs> that is so our next band. <laughs> Do White Snake. Oh, oh my God. It's a, it's a cover band, but they only do country rap. <laughs> oh, my God. You made me choke. Country oh. versions of White Snake. Oh, God. The Motley Crew. Oh, my God. Oh, way to make my story seem so uh. boring. Uh, well, Jelly Roll has recently won three country music awards. Uh, he was born in Antioch, Tennessee, and when he started, he was not really blessed with the gift of lyrical genius. <laughs> so, so, Imagine that. So his first attempt at songwriting, it was kind of a series of twisted, darkly comedic misadventures. Mm-hmm. So one of his original compositions was titled... The Ballad of the Lonely Toad. And he told the tragic tale of a forlorn forlorn amphibian searching for love in the wrong pond. I thought that was going to be about Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was searching for a band in the wrong pond after he kicked some of us out. Well, he didn't kick us out. We left the pond. But suffice to say, the reaction of the crowd to his tale tunes... Mm. Uh, was not good. It this, didn't even sound good at all. No, it didn't. It didn't. It was kind of just like a little simple stuff. Uh, so Jelly Roll decided to go a different route, and that's where we come into the topic of our discussion, cover songs. Oh, okay. So he had a deep love for the legendary Johnny Cash. Of so, course. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, go for the good ones. Exactly. 
Uh, Jelly Roll dedicated his nights to performing cover songs of his idol. Was uh, he called Jelly Cash? <laughs> <laughs> or Johnny Roll? I don't know. Yeah, Jelly Cash. I like that one better. Well, this one didn't go over well either because he would perform acoustic songs, but they were all of Johnny Cash's softer stuff. He would play like the old rugged cross, in the sweet by and by, Melba's wine and tear-stained letter. Well, the crowd didn't like this choice of music either. So was he playing honky tonks? <clears throat> yeah, I mean okay. he's in Tennessee, so it, okay. it's not right for the crowd. Well, he's over two, and then he decided to give up on that project. And he decided to tap into his darker side and his love for goth music. So Jelly Roll attempted doing covers of goth bands such as Susie and the Banshees, Bauhaus, Gene Loves Jezebel, and This Mortal Coil. Oh, Supposed now, now, supposedly, he did very good renditions of Bauhaus's In the Flat Field and Susie and the Banshees' Spellbound. Okay, but. in the flat field would be hilarious if he did a video like in a cornfield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Just kind of uh, right. bringing in the uh, got this, agricultural life. Right. You got yeah. this big gothic guy in yeah. overalls yeah. Like, moving around in the cornfield. <laughs> All right. But see, again, him and acoustic people in Tennessee just didn't get the whole goth approach. Did he paint his nails? <laughs> oh my God, that would have been good. They probably would have hated that. Oh, he shows up in a honky tonk and he's got eyeliner and black nails. <laughs> Get beat up at every <laughs> show. <laughs> have to buy a new guitar every time. Uh, so the approach he was trying to do it didn't go well either. So O for three. Mm-hmm. Well, he started going with a whole different kind of cover set. He started doing some Brian Adams. Michael Bolton, Lionel Richie, and Seal. He's just he's scatter shooting. He's <laughs> scatter shooting. He's out there like as they would say, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. In fact, I did find Jelly Roll doing a version of "Kiss from a Rose," and was it horrible? It was actually decent. Okay. I mean, the production sucked. It almost sounded like he was recording it in his garage. Uh, production was sad, but the performance was actually, it was better than what I'm hearing now from what he's playing. Okay, if he yodeled, yodeled at the beginning of it, that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Farmer Seal. <laughs> See, he should have embraced it more like that. Maybe it would have caught on. I think so. So, yeah. So that didn't go over well with no, the and jukebox? I, and I was trying to find that video again. I can't find that recording of kiss from a rose i so. probably won't seek it out uh, probably his record label pulled it once they found out about it it's <laughs> like that's not licensed and that's not appropriate so can't find it anymore but sadly he found rap country and hmm. has since earned three country music awards which really makes me sad so <laughs> the mixing of country and rap i it's not right. No, because the Florida Georgia Line stuff that they did with, who did they do that with? Uh, 50 Cent? Oh, no. Really? Ooh. 
I don't know Can the answer. We look it up in the control booth because <clears throat> um, Florida Georgia Line did. Who's the? Who's? It's getting hot in here. <laughs> who's that guy? Nelly. Nelly. Oh, sorry, no. fifty cent Nelly. I just I'm so bad. Say that. I didn't look it up, but I'm. It's pretty Nelly. Sure. So Florida Georgia Line and, and Nelly. Nelly. Good God. See, is that them thinking to do that, or is that the record label saying, oh, you know, Nelly's hot right now. Let's go ahead and pair you up with Nelly. I don't, I don't know. know, but Nelly looked really happy in the videos about doing it. <laughs> How could really? you be happy about doing that? Oh. You know your friends who go hard are just totally making fun of you. Oh, God. You're like... I know. I didn't even think about it from the aspect of the rap culture. Yeah. Because that's you know, like total sellout. Right. Just, oh. You go from Maybach to truck balls. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh. No. That can't do anything good for a career. <laughs> truck balls. <laughs> you want to damage your career, start going down that route. Right. Put oh. the truck balls in. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank God we're saved by this music. <laughs> this is way better than country rap. So much better than country rap. <laughs> uh, so much more we can appreciate. <laughs> that so. beautiful music signifies we've come to the part of the show where we talk about... One Stars! The Lone Star Salute. Yes! So One Star reviews of music performances, albums. The music-related stuff. If someone hates it, we're going to love it. So, what I've you... got one. Yeah, let me hear yours. This is a review for One Direction. Ah. Their song, Steal My Girl, and it's by someone named Arch Budgie. So, he sounds very British, Arch Budgie. Mm. Here's a review. Bad news, guys. One Direction still exists. I know. I thought they'd be gone by now, but here they are. <laughs> Apparently, One Direction songwriters looked into the modern pop charts and thought, you know what this needs? More cheesy AOR. (laughs) 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 The syrupy central piano line is straight out of a book of 80s ballads, the sort that REO Speedwagon would have been proud to put their name on years ago. Ooh, REO and Jenny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, she loves them. I I do not care for them. That is my band that other people like that I, I love hate. Them. I love them. I love her Speedwagon tattoo. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah. Right? I'm going to get us. With an arrow pointing down. <laughs> <laughs> the Speedwagon. <laughs> I, I think Dump Truck is more accurate. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. This has, okay, so... <laughs> That's even better review Jenny's than we could have done. Jenny's on fire today. So I much know. fire. Good God. So this person's Archbudgie says, well, anyway, there's nothing left to say about this except it's plotting, dull, and sepid, and that if you haven't already listened to the song, you're better off continuing not to do so. <laughs> one Direction are garbage. The easiest one out of five I've ever handed out. So wow. apparently he's handing out stars. And he's really happy about that one. So happy. Oh, man. Easy. He got his emotions out. He was able to express himself. It's therapy. Yep. Well, my review is about Panic at the Disco. 
who we just talked about a while ago. Thank God we're talking more about them. Oh, I know, right? We just can't bash them enough. So the latest album they came out with was Viva Las Vengeance. Get it? Uh Uh-huh. Viva. No. Oh, just wait. So what happened is when I was looking for one review, I found where there are many single-sentence reviews from Twitter Oh, about this new album. Twitter so is for trolls, and they are great. Yeah. Oh, listen, some of these are amazing. The first comment about their album, Viva Las Vengeance, we should discard the death penalty and sentence people to having to listen to the new Panic at the Disco album instead. Uh, the next one, the new Panic at the Disco album is the sound equivalent to food poisoning. and then the next one oh god and this one hit me hard pretty much everything you need to know about the new panic at the disco album is that less than 15 minutes in brendan urie the -hmm. singer compares himself to the dead kennedys what in what i believe to be the worst thing that's ever happened to a kennedy <laughs> but see, he did the Viva Las Vengeance, Viva Las Vegas that Dead Kennedy sang. Oh, yeah. So he must be a Dead Kennedy fan, but please, please, that's just sacrilege. Keep the Dead Kennedys out of your mouth. To say you're the new Dead Kennedys? No. Fuck that. What? They're not even punk. I know. They wear makeup. Most. Jilla Biafra would... Even old oh. old man Jello Biafra. With his broken bones from yeah. being beat up by people. Yeah. Right. He, he could like shuffle over and like hit them with their slipper and they would fall down. Because <laughs> I think Jello wears slippers now just in my head. He does. I know. <laughs> and he has a cane. <laughs> and he just wants to smack people. I love you, Jello. Yeah. Oh, Jello's amazing. And then uh, this one I really loved. The new Panic at the Disco album is so fucking bad, it's impressive. (laughs) (laughs) So I've never heard it said that way, that it's so bad they're impressed by it. So, yeah. Oh, man. I know. So a lot of hostility about Viva Las Vengeance. And none of those were me. Man. Have we reached another end to the episode? This is the happy ending. Yeah. This is where we... Go over what we've talked about. So, let's let's look at this. Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Jackalope or no? Well, I could find some things. They were a Blink-182 cover band when they first started. All the stuff about the show and things like that seems to be hearsay. Okay. I get different variations of it, so I don't know what the true story is. So I'm going to have to say it's a jackalope tale. Okay, so So we got a jackalope. Yeah, we do, we do. I'm wondering if the Killers, because aren't they a Las Vegas band? They probably are starting rumors about Panic Panic at the Disco. Oh, I could see that. You know another Las Vegas band? Yeah. Imagine Dragons. Oh, my God. We need a cage fight. Oh, all this, so all this crap coming out of Vegas. Right. No, I'm not going So there. we got a jackalope. Yep. Harry Styles. Harry. Harry as so Michael Jackson. I found a couple pictures. Yeah. And a couple people like on his fan sites who uh, spoke about him doing Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Harry looked like when he was a little kid. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. The part that's for sure for real is yeah. the X Factor. 
stuff. Ah, So this could be a hybrid jackalope. Until I see a tourist video or anyone else's video of him doing Michael Jackson, I'm I'm calling it a jackalope. But X Factor, for real. Yeah. So part jackalope, part not. Right. And then Jelly Roll. I know he did have some influences from Johnny Cash, things like that. And I did hear that Seal song one time. So some of it, I can probably say, just like with the Harry Styles one, you got to go half and half. A little jackalope, but we're not sure. A little jackalope, but there is some little truth to that. So I'm wondering, is Jelly Roll related to Post Malone? They have a family resemblance in their face tattoos. <laughs> Just wondering. Oh, that's one thing I can tell you I'll never get as a face tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Unless we hold you down and... Oh, God. <laughs> Put a tear at my eye. <laughs> no, that's a real tear. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, everyone, I want to thank you for listening. And please follow the links on our show notes to find us on the socials. Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And join us next time as we question, is it real or is it a jackalope? Yay. We love you. <laughs> Love you too. (laughs) I love you too.